field. Adams called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox beat CLNS Media, of course, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox. The network is at CLNS Media on Twitter. Facebook, search the same thing as well. Check us out on a new website, clnsmedia.com. Our Twitter handle is now new. It's at Red Sox CLNS. It's going to cover all of the Red Sox coverage on CLNS Media, not just exclusively the show. So a little rebranding there. So that's, again, at Red Sox CLNS. Uh, CLNS. Uh, Red Sox Beat Podcast is still a thing on Facebook at the moment, so you can search us there as well. And, uh, yeah, spring training games are here. Red Sox season's right around the corner. Lauren, I know you're very excited. Uh, Jess is here as well. And, guys, it's just been um, a couple big things, but Blake Swihart's been the topic. But uh, a lot's going on so far in spring training, which has been it's been good. At least there's been some storylines. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been ever since J.D. Martinez signed, I feel like the season's kind of picked up and I am I mean I've been ready since October for baseball season to come back but now I'm now I'm really ready yeah it's been fun so far I got they had a pretty good start they won you know four or five games in a row to start they felt a little bit worse more recently you know spring training doesn't really matter if you win or lose but there's been lots of runs that's for sure <laughs> for both both sides yeah, it's, oh. it's 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 been um these games you know obviously like I mean I'll admit I don't watch too many of them they're spring training games they play them in the middle of the afternoon Sorry, have a day job. But uh, at the same time, it's nice to, you know, at least see these guys getting full speed reps and um, who's going on what games, what what they're doing, things like that. And I think the biggest guy that's benefited from spring training so far has been Blake Swihart. And this guy has been on a tear, and he's been playing his way into the lineup. And we, and we did talk about this last week about, you know, who would be the guy, you know, between Marrero, Brock Holt, and Blake Swihart to be left out of this situation because it really is three people for two spots. A lot of us said Blake Swire really needs to make this team, and I think he's basically playing himself onto this roster, especially the way he's played the last week, week and a half. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. And I know last week, you know, going through our conversation, it kind of seemed like Brock Holt was the odd man out the more we talked about it. And now it just kind of seems like it's inevitable at this point. I mean, you can't send Blake Swihart, who's just been absolutely on fire since since spring training started, you you can't send him back to the minors if this is how he's going to continue into the regular season. I just, I can't see them doing that. It is interesting though. You still read articles and look at what people are saying and people still want Holt. Like they, they really want him in the clubhouse. And so I'm, I'm really wondering if they're going to get rid of him because it doesn't seem like they're going to, at least like from the fan perspective and from them liking him in the clubhouse. Maybe it will be Marrero because yeah, I mean, Swihart's insane. He's nine for 21 in spring training. He has five doubles, four runs, eight RBI, and a home run. So, anytime you got four twenty nine, uh, sorry, four, tw- yeah, four twenty nine average, eight RBI, and five doubles in seven games, you're never going to complain with that. So, and I'm I mean, favorite spring training. Those are numbers, regardless. Right, you're still facing guys. I mean, AAA pitchers, major league pitchers. Like, it's not like you're, you're still facing 
enough talent that he still need to get hits. So, and he's really doing it, and he's obviously trying to prove that he needs that he should be on the team since he's out of options. It's pretty much keep him or he's gone. So, um, yeah, I, he's looking really good so far, and I'm happy because he is a good hitter, and I'd like to see him play here. Yeah, I I think that the way he's playing this spring and the versatility that he does have, and look, they're starting to play him in different positions, things like that as well. It's he can play everywhere and he can hit, and I think the inconsistencies of Brock Holt. Now, would I be surprised if they dump Marrero because of what Brock Holt has done here? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that, and am I okay with that? Not really, but I'd get over it. It's not like I'd be, a, I'm not going to watch the Red Sox because Brock Holt's on the roster. Like, no, it's not It's not going to change my mind, but I, I do see the value in Blake Swihart. I just obviously don't see him as a catcher at this point because of the way the catching situation has been here in Boston and what Vasquez has done and Sandy Leon has come out of nowhere obviously the last couple of years and become a pretty consistent staple uh, behind Vasquez as well. I mean, last year was pretty much 50-50, but with Swihart, I know they're talking about him playing left field. He would obviously did that before he got hurt and missed an entire year and really hasn't been the same since he got hurt in left field at Fenway Park. What was that two years ago now? And, and look... Can he go back to being an outfielder? Yeah, probably, but at this point he kind of got screwed, and Benatendi took that spot because he they had to play him when Swihart got hurt. Is there any value in him playing the outfield in these spring training games other than just getting him reps everywhere, um, or are they legitimately thinking of Blake Swihart in the outfield now they have J.D. Martinez and company? I mean, I think it's a good option to have. It, see if he can still play the outfield. Obviously, I know down spring training stadiums are much different than the Major League ballparks up here, but just to kind of show his value, see if he still has the ability to play the outfield, I don't think he'll have an issue with it, but I mean, it could also be, you know, looking into the future, like a trade deadline kind of thing, trade bait, showing his versatility, and if he continues this offensive surge he's on, he's going to he's gonna produce a lot of interest. Yeah, I, I think that it's, it's good either way, because, you know, whether they're planning playing him in a specific place, or not, just get him to play as many positions as he can at this point, and because there's really no specific place that is his, because he's really gonna if he's gonna be play at all, he's gonna be playing in several places. So I, I see a, a good thing that they're playing him in the outfield and playing him in different places. It's I mean, it really can't hurt to be to be well versed in all all the different the different places. So yeah, he's doing really well, uh, and a couple other guys who were raking so far in spring training. Uh, just mentioned Ben Intendi. Uh, he's seven for fourteen with two homers and four RBI. He's hit the homers in the last couple of games, so he's hitting a cool five hundred. And uh, Sam Travis actually has the most um, at bats of anyone so far in spring training. And he's also killing it. He's hitting three twenty with two homers and seven RBI and uh, five runs and four doubles. So yeah, I mean the two best players right now numbers wise are Swihart and Travis with Ben and Teddy right behind. So. The young guys are doing some things here early on. Leave it to Sam Travis to make a push for the Major League roster. Our, uh, yep. our fellow Red Sox member here in CLNS, Nick Wally, will be very happy to hear about that. Um, and he will make a point to make sure he tries to make He won't make the roster, but Nick won't tell you otherwise. But look, this team has options, and I think that's the nice thing about where they are. Now, one thing I was curious what you guys thought too, because like for me, I watched the way they're handling Blake Swihart and how they're playing in multiple positions and seeing what kind of value he has. Do they pull a rug from underneath him and just let him go, and, and try to make a move from him within the spring? Uh, because right now his value is pretty high. You know, coming off injury, he looks healthy, um, and they, everyone knows he's versatile. And but he can catch, and that's his primary goal. Does someone who needs a catcher or someone who needs that kind of person come to the Red Sox in the spring? Come to Dave Dombrowski and go, hey, what would it take? Would the Red Sox try to pull something off? 
I think so. I mean, I guess it really depends, too, on where people like Tyler Thornburg and Carson Smith stand. Like, well, we need another reliever in that bullpen. Well, we need another starter. I mean, we have um, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez questions up in the air. Stephen Wright, we don't really know what's going to happen with him. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with David Price or even Rick Porcello. Is he going to pitch well? So I think it comes down to what's offered, what we need, and kind of what's out there. I don't think Dave's just going to give them up for peanuts. But, I mean, I think if Swihart keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be worth something, like, substantial. Yeah, I think they might. Uh, I don't want this because I really want to see what he can do for the team. But I feel like that they are going to get rid of him because they're going to see that he's playing well, so he'll have more value and get something for him. And they're also going to see that there's nowhere specifically for him to play. And if he wants a chance to play, he's going to have to go somewhere else. So I feel like for them and for him, it probably makes the most sense to get rid of him, even though I don't think they want to do that. But I think they probably will. See, I think they really only get rid of him if someone comes to them and like stupidly overpays. Because I, I really do believe that Dombrowski and the Red Sox brass do like Swihart for what he brings to the table. And I, and I think they see value in him basically being that Brock Holt player, that utility super guy who can do kind of everything because he is a better hitter than Brock Holt. And, you know, if, if there's a situation that came down to it, who would you rather have, like, say, pinch hit in the la- later end of the game? It wouldn't be Brock Holt. It would be Blake Swihart. So I think if there was to be a team that came to Dombrowski uh, before the beginning of the season and tried to get him to, say, you know, get rid of Swihart, one, it'd have to, I think it would end up being a pretty – hefty load in terms of what they'd have to give up for him because I think right now Dombrowski's not just going to like shake him loose. No, especially if he keeps doing what he's doing. I mean, yeah, like you, you look at the way this guy's hitting, like you said, Jess, spring is spring, but he's also playing talent. He's hitting against major league guys and the way he's hitting right now, I think this is the best he's hit ever. Obviously, again, you take it for what it is and you take it for what it is in spring training, but someone would overpay for Blake Swihart. I think you have to do it. I mean, why not? If, he, if someone's going to overpay, I mean, he's young, he's versatile, and if we can get a decent package for him, I hate to say it, I don't want to see the guy go, but you do it. Yeah, and I think they would, because, and I think somebody might overpay, because he has shown that he can be a good player, so it really wouldn't surprise me at all if somebody gave up more than they should for him, and that would benefit the Red Sox if that did happen, if they got somebody good. No, of course, yeah, and it definitely, um, it definitely would, and you have to keep an eye on everything too, with, um, with the idea that you know, what do you need? You know, there's there's injuries in play. We're going to talk about Pomeranz here in a second with the the forearm tightness that he had when he left the game too. What do you need? Because if you don't need anything, then great, keep like Swihart. You don't have to push too much, but um, you know, you don't really know what you have. Like you said, Lauren Thornburg, Thornburg, Carson Smith. Do you need another reliever? Do you need someone in the arm? Do you need another ro- uh, rotation guy? With Eduardo Rodriguez being out. Uh, for a few months here, probably, if not just like a month. Uh, you have the pending things with uh, Wright and what's going on with there. And now we talk about it. Drew Pomeranz exited the start of spring training, his first one on Friday, which was um, with that forearm tightness. Does this cause any issues, too? And, like, how long does he go out? So that that's a big factor in what happens with Blake Swihart. But, like, let's just shift over to Drew Pomeranz. He did leave that game, that start against the Cardinals. Are you guys overly concerned about this? Because we just talked about... And we've been talking about Drew Pomeranz, of how he was healthy, that's what it was, that was the problem, and that's why he pitched so well last year, because they finally got him healthy. Now forearm tightness, I know it's not directly related to the injury that he had with San Diego, because that was an elbow issue, but 
pretty close to it, and now all of a sudden he's hurt again. Yeah, I'm not too worried. He had this kind of thing last year where during spring training he had forearm tightness. It's, I think it's more of a precautionary thing, and I think it's going to be fine. I'm not too worried about it. I don't foresee him really having any issues going forward in the season. And Maybe that's just me being optimistic but and me kind of thinking, oh, this happened last year, so of course it's going to happen this year. But I think it's spring. It's early. It's going to – I mean, he'll probably pitch in his next spring training start, and he'll be fine. It, it's Drew Pomeranz. I'm, I'm not worried about it. If, but if you're Dave Dombrowski, Lauren, like – if you have to make this decision right now, are you comfortable saying, I'm okay with it, we're not going to go get somebody else to help out, I'll keep Blake Swihart or bring a reliever in instead? Like, are you comfortable if he makes that decision? Right now? Yeah, right the second. Yeah, comfortable with it. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you have, you had the injury happen, obviously, he pitched in and he came out, and then um, he said, he's fine, it doesn't really hurt, like, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And then he did an MRI, and they said it was a mild flexor strain. So it still is a strain. I mean, it's a mild strain, which obviously isn't much. But he came right out afterwards and said, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it was just precautionary, and, like, it really didn't hurt that much. But I just wanted to make sure that it was okay. Yep. So he didn't seem concerned about it. The fact that it was actually something, even though I know a mild strain isn't much of anything, but it's still something. But, I mean, it did happen last year. So definitely keep an eye on it, but... As long as right, as long as you said it's not like that elbow that he had before, which was obviously a huge problem because he couldn't pitch for crap for for a little while there. So I mean, the Padres lied about it. So exactly. So if it turns into one of those situations, that's not really that's not good, and that's you're going to need somebody else to back him up. But but boy, if he can be as good as he was last year and stay healthy, obviously this isn't a great start to that. But it's March fourth, so hopefully. This is the only thing that happens, because obviously you don't want more things to happen. So right now I'm not worried, but if we get another little injury next start or a couple starts from now, then maybe I'll start fretting about it. I think it scares me only because you're already kind of thin with your starters, right? Because we know we, yeah. don't, we don't have too many prospects who are in the win here to take take a big role. Um, as much as you love Brian Johnson, I apologize, Lauren. He's, he's not anytime soon coming through that door, and you need someone who's going to be a consistent contributor and we're already looking for a fifth starter while these guys are out um who becomes the fourth starter if drew pomeranz can't go and i think i I think it would be in the red sox best interest to find another starter uh more than anything because i I think i probably have a little more faith in thornberg and carson smith in the bullpen than people might with him coming off of injuries things like that but it seems like Thornburg is ready for everything we're seeing, right? There's nothing like no hiccups. He's been throwing pretty comfortably. Uh, same with Carson Smith since he's been down there, but we know because he came back last year. You almost have to trust that process at this point, and then the lineup got better, obviously, with JD. So I think if you're going to move anybody for anything, it's going to be for another starter. And at this point, I think you have to do something because even if, say, Drew Pomeranz is fine, do you trust Eduardo Rodriguez or Stephen Wright long-term to be your fifth starters when they're they're always having issues? And it's always nice, I think, just to have that extra arm, especially with the uncertainty of what's going on right now. I trust the healthy Stephen Wright, but I mean, the healthy is the, the key word right there. Good. Yeah, and look, I, I think the big thing with the pitching for me is, like I said, it's just I need, you need some consistency. I don't think the Red Sox, you know, top three, top four, with Pomeranz healthy, 
pretty damn good rotation, especially if Price comes out and pitches the way he's supposed to, and um, he claims he's ready to go and that kind of crap. But look, I, I still think you need to have a really solid rotation to win in this league, and it seems like that's the last part for me that I'm unsure about, um, because at this point, the Red Sox lineup is, if these kids show up and play like they're supposed to, and they all come back from kind of rough years last year for the most part, for those, especially Betts and uh, Bogarts, then they're fine because you, you bring JD in and that that's the big ticket um, and you have Hanley platooning around him and other options the offense will be there um, most most nights it seems like this summer it's just a matter of can the pitching win those close games and for the most part you might want to say yes because you know Chris Sale David Price Rick Porcello on a good night Dave Drew Bomerantz but you're not really sure 100%. At least I'm not. And that, that's where I would love to see bring in. It doesn't have to be a top-end guy. I'm not asking for the next Chris Sale to walk to the door. I'm just asking for um, a little bit of assurance of a guy who can be consistent. Give me five, six innings, maybe a start, and, and kind of move forward. Yeah, I think that some people are really comfortable with the rotation, and then you see the other people who are like f- completely freaking out about no Alex Barth on our coverage mm-hmm. does not trust the starters at all he's he's like please give me somebody else because i don't trust your odd and and right and he thinks price is gonna blow his elbow out and that's most of the season so it could get thin fast especially if anything does happen to pomerantz as we've talked about here so i'm pretty comfortable with it but i can see why people would freak out so it might be good to get somebody else and it was funny too i can't remember who it was but i saw someone tweet and they were saying that like they think that the Sox and Yankees offenses will both be awesome, like you kind of just said, Jared. But, like, whose pitching is going to be better? That's going to determine who's going to be the better team. So, it's probably, it might, assuming everything works out as it should with the offense, it's really going to come down to the pitching to probably who's the better team and probably who will get further in the playoffs. So, it's hugely important, I guess, that they just have to decide if they have enough that they have, what they currently have. Okay, then go off that storyline then. Do you think that the Red Sox have enough to have a better rotation than the Yankees right now? I think it's pretty equal right now, just based on the lack of knowing of what the bottom of the rotation is going to do. Yep. I mean, the top the top three could top three or four could be the best, depending on who you have, and if everyone stays healthy, it could be the best top three or four in the league, no question. And I've, you've seen it from all of them, so I have faith that they will be. So I think just from my optimistic perspective of thinking the guys we have are really good i think the Sox have the edge right now but it is close with the uncertainty so definitely if they get somebody else i would 100 percent put them put them ahead just somebody for depth it's just hard to know what you're gonna get from rodriguez and right at this point point. and see for me i think i give the edge to the yankees because tanaka is tanaka you know that then CC resigning was I think was the big thing for me for them because he kind of had that rejuvenated the year last year and, and everyone around him loves him as a teammate so I think that he likes to flourish off that and plus I think the whole bunting fiasco made him want to pitch against the Red Sox that much more this year so um, I think CC's quality I think obviously Severino's quality and then you have people in like Montgomery who's who's the second season guy and then uh, people forget Sonny Gray is still a Yankee guys like he's not gone so that's a quality I did forget about him yeah like Sonny Gray is still in the Yankees rotation so you he's now your fourth fifth starter Sonny Gray is a top rotation type guy in most teams so now you go to the Red Sox side of things it's Sale it's Porcello it's Price I would take to I mean I would take Sale over Tanaka but I'm taking 
I would take CC Sabathia, I think, over David Price. I would take Severino over Rick Porcello. And I'm taking even, I might even take Sonny Gray over Rick Porcello some night. So right now it's the Yankees, but I think if you can figure out one more guy to like depth in there, uh, or, or if Brian Johnson can be a miracle worker and come in and take a spot, fine. Sure, Lauren, I'll take it. But like, I think right now, almost because of Sonny Gray's depth piece of being in that rotation, it helps the Yankees in that system. I hope when the Red Sox play the Yankees, every time CC Sabathia pitches, I hope they bunt against him. I don't care who's on base. I don't <laughs> care what the score is. I just hope everyone gets up there, at least just like show for a bunt. I think that would be hilarious. I think they would get inside his head and it would just play some kind of mental game because he clearly had a meltdown about it last year. So I mean, why not? And if you know, so you're going to give the edge to CC Sabathia, then let's just all bunt against him. And then all of a sudden we have the edge. That's your whole thing. Red Sox are better because CC Sabathia gets upset about bunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm on to something here, guys. Right. Oh, man. And look, I I do think the Red Sox are going to be a quality team. Do I think they're going to win, win the division? I don't know that yet, and I'm going to hold that off because I'm sure we'll predict before the season starts, so I'm not going to say that now. But look, I think overall, yeah, the Yankees might have a better rotation. Um, and that doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. Who knows who stays healthy? If Drew Pomeranz is 100% healthy and this is a scare, maybe I'm a little more optimistic. But I think overall... Um, Right now, I'm I'm more pro Yankees than anything, in terms of the rotation. So you're turning a Yankees fan before our eyes? No, God no! I would never root for <laughs> the Yankees. The day I I applaud the Aaron Boone home run, just put me in the grave. Just, just I'm done. Nope, I don't want to live if I support the Boone home run. And Aaron Boone in Wakefield, we can. That's a great transition. Met for, yep. like reunited at spring training, and it was it's weird. Smoke, yeah. And I didn't like it. And I know Lauren didn't like it. And I don't think I was ready for that. It's been like what, fifteen years, right? That's what it was. Don't, oh, I, I don't think I was ready for that. I'm I'm never ready for it. Like like I said, I met Aaron Boone uh, last year or the year before, and he's just like, "Hi, I'm Aaron." I'm like, <laughs> "Not yet, not ready." Like, I know you ruined my life, sir. Like, <laughs> I don't want to meet you. I don't like you. No. Like I was, you ruined my thirteenth birthday. Screw you! Like we are not on good terms. But hi, I'm Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> hi, I'm Aaron. Oh, I know. Trust me. Yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> World Mary Series three too, it's <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, it, it, it's cool to see a, a, anything like that because obviously we know what happened in two thousand three, and it's it's just cool to see when something like Wakefield, who gave up that home run to Aaron Boone, and what like right. I don't know, like I would, I'd be like, no, I'm not ready to even shake your hand. I'm not ready to look you in the eye. Like, you crush this whole organization with one swing of the bat. But I mean, so it's always cool to see, and I like when you know Yankees and Red Sox people get together. It's because it's like, oh, we don't always hate each other. That's from during the season they do. Right. Um, it's like we can't see, we can't be seen with each other because somebody will take a picture of us. We seriously, us. seriously, they, they didn't care. They took pictures. <laughs> They were chatting it up, right? Um, yeah, it. Hey, I guess they if, moved on. If I mean, of course, Boone moved on. He he was the savior <laughs> of the Bronx. Uh, but it looks right. like Wakefield has moved on, which is, I guess, okay, considering they won the next year. But uh, I guess you, that's probably when they moved on. Yeah, it, it's kind of right. old now. Um, some other smaller stories from spring training before we uh, get out of here for the week. David Ortiz returns. Was in full uniform, snapback, uh, baseball cap, and all ready to go. Looks like he was ready. to to uh, take some swings, platooning with DH with J.D. Martinez. And um, I know it pretty much ended Jerry Carabas' day from Barstool Sports on Twitter because he just was all about it. Um, but one thing that was cool about it was I didn't really realize that J.D. and Ortiz really didn't ever really 
ever have interactions before. So, like, Ortiz basically was there to, like, welcome him into the brotherhood of playing for the Red Sox, which is sweet. Because, like, that's kind of what j- sounds like drove JD here was to win. And obviously the money didn't hurt. But, like, it seems like him meeting David Ortiz and, like, really having that introduction to the Red Sox was almost a, a, a really good, exciting thing for Martinez. Yeah, I mean, he was he was chatting it up with them. I saw a lot of pictures of the two of them chatting for like a pretty long time. So I'm sure Poppy was filling his head with all kinds of Red Sox information. And we know that JD was a Red Sox fan because he went to the game for his 19th birthday and, and his family members are, are Red Sox fans. And uh, P. Abraham wrote a good article today about just, just how, you know, his family wanted him to be here and he was just kind of sold on the whole Red Sox thing. And he's seems to be ready to win here. So I'm sure Poppy saw that he was ready to win here and said, all right, I'm going to get this guy in shape. And I mean, obviously, we know that Ortiz was talking earlier during the offseason about you know, how the Red Sox need to get that big power bat. They need to get the replacement for David Ortiz. So he was like, get somebody, please. And they got somebody. So he's probably just like giddy that they actually got somebody <laughs> to, to, to be the, the possible replacement for him and get that power back in the lineup. So I'm sure there's nobody more exciting than him. I mean, there was a conversation happening, too, about how, like, J.D. mentioned, he's like, I, I was talking to him forever because I just, you just always have to listen to what Ortiz says about hitting and DHing in Boston. He did it, right? and he succeeded here, and he's like, I know that's going to be my primary role, and I want to learn from the best, and that's why I was very excited to meet him, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And that's exactly what he's supposed to say, but it's so true. It's, you want to learn from the best, the best was that spring training who did exactly what you were brought here to do, so... Let me learn how to hit at Fenway Park. Let me get the ins and outs of this Red Sox system and this Red Sox playing in Boston and succeeding in Boston. Because, yeah, as much as he might have came here for the money and he wanted a contract, if he does well here for a couple years, maybe he does do what David Ortiz does and just falls in love with the city and becomes a member here. Maybe he doesn't opt out at that point. So, like, the next couple years is going to be huge about how, one, the Red Sox fans and the Red Sox brass support J.D. Martinez, and two, how he responds to the history, and if they win, if they're winning, does he enjoy, oh, maybe I want to be here for the culture of, oh, winning in Boston is actually a really big deal. I really don't see him opting out. I just, like, <laughs> I mean, the, the, literally the uh, the headline of Pierre Herm's article is J.D. Martinez is completely obsessed with baseball because he said he's completely obsessed with baseball, and he's like, really into the Red Sox so like I don't know why he'd want to leave at this point after now the fact that he's actually here I just don't see him opting out I think that'd be very strange yeah I, I don't know I think it really depends and I think at the end of the day the opt-outs is what really made him come here because say after two years his team sucks which I, I don't foresee happening but just say it's we missed the playoffs by like a large margin that gives him that option to opt out after two years say we're so so two years third year not so good still opt out i don't really see him opting out but i do think he will if the team doesn't play up to his potential which is essentially our potential as well see i partially think it's money involved i mean i think it is money involved i think you know the opt-outs are there i think this one of them was added i forget which one was added because of this last health scare but because there's three of them in the contract now um so i think these opt-outs are there so that if he does keep like this pace going because i think people weren't really sure about what he is and like people weren't sure if it was going to be kind of a fool's gold situation for what he did especially in arizona and i think they want to really understand is this is his power a thing that's why his money wasn't where he thought it might be because he was supposed he wanted to make 200 million dollars that's where the market was trying to be set for him and he ended up getting paid the 125 so it's 
does these I think these opt outs are a place where it's come in here, play two good, good solid years, three years maybe, and see if you can opt out and get paid more. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he ends up deciding to do because I mean I'm sure it will depend a lot on you know how he plays and how the team plays, so we'll see. Do you guys know the name's Julio? Because I didn't know that until today. What is it? Julio David? Julio Daniel Martinez. Daniel. I didn't yeah. I, I did not know that. Yeah. I did I did because one of my Twitter followers was like, oh, Julio, um, I don't think she used the middle name, but it was just like, Julio Martinez is now on the Red Sox. And I was like, huh? It was, I was like, oh. <laughs> But then it's like, you know, I, I randomly looked up Rick Porcello one day on Wikipedia, and it was Frederick Alfred Porcello III. I'm like, what do you mean his name isn't Richard? All right. <laughs> Frederick. Frederick Remember, Porcello. Can you, can you imagine if he was Fred Frederick Porcello? Frederick Porcello. Freddie. Freddie. Like, like Freddie. <laughs> Freddie Porcello. Freddie P. Freddie P. <laughs> Another thing about J.D. Martinez, too, I don't know if you guys saw, he's going to be wearing his full name on his jersey. He's wearing His jersey's going to say J.D. Martinez. Mm-hmm. He did that in Martinez. Detroit. He did that in Detroit, he too, yeah. He didn't do it in Arizona, though, right? Yeah, I think he did. did I he? think he's done it, yeah. Well, because he did it with Detroit because of Victor Martinez, so they yeah. wanted to specify right. that he was J.D., and then I guess he liked it, so he kept doing it, and he's going to keep doing it. So that's pretty interesting. It. Hey, it's a unique thing, and he's done, he's done it at this point, and might as well just keep doing it. Um, it's something different for sure. Um, one other small story. And it's kind of actually comical uh, before we get out of here for the week. So it was funny because the first video I saw of this old man reporter walking into spring training um, was when it was like Dustin Madroya and the infielders were doing like um, double play work and things like that. And this this guy, this old dude, and I didn't realize what it was at first. So I'm just watching this video. This old dude, like reporter guy, like walking onto the field at spring training, just sitting there like, hmm, huh, yeah, like watching like Dustin Pedroia teach them how to the younger kids how to take ground balls and things like that and then all of a sudden i read up on it and it was joe kelly um just doing like a, a, I, I i this just makes me love joe kelly even more like i've always been a joe kelly supporter he's yeah he nut. sucks as a starter but like good reliever good clubhouse guy and something like this is something that is what spring training is kind of meant for obviously but um i i, I think it's actually fantastic i love it i think it kind of just goes to show that that this team has fun and Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it his idea to put like the the pictures of them as like the high school pictures in the bullpen of them last year? Yep. Wasn't that his idea? Yeah, right. Joe Kelly started yeah. that whole mantra. So bullpen last year, yeah. and yep. it's just fun. Like it's little things like that where it's like, yes, this team means business. Yes, they they know what they need to do to win, but they go out there and they have fun. I mean, those bullpen guys have to be bored if they're not playing, especially if they don't pitch. They have to have some kind of fun out there. Like we had the the bullpen band back in the day. You know that was yeah. fun when they that. Like, it was just little things like that. I missed the and bullpen I, band. Uh, it's so fun. They were good. They were like, I would, I would work out to that. But and Joe Kelly's just, he's so much fun. I love when, I love when stuff happens like this in spring training, just because it's not to be taken so seriously, but obviously serious enough. It's just, it's the perfect amount of fun, and I love fun. Yeah, he's he's a nut job. This is so funny. I I, I don't know if you guys read the whole article about it from rob bradford but it is hilarious like nobody knew it was him first of all and i didn't know it was him there was a close-up of online i was like who is that i can't figure right. it out and nobody knew good. for like nobody knew for hours too like they didn't like mention they're like yeah some old guy somebody dressed up as an old guy and like they didn't know who it was so yeah he's just walking around and all the guys were like creeped out and they were like who is this awkward old guy just like walking around creepily on the field next to us and they just like i read they all ignored him and they were just like who is this freak and like he didn't do anything and then um 
Kelly said he got out there at five fifteen in the morning and did all like this makeup and got all ready for it. And then, and then there was a security guard who was like seventy years old who was like telling him to get out. And he's like, no. And he was he started to chase him out of the place. And Kelly's like, don't call the cops on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he really went for it all. He was totally in for the joke on everybody, workers, players. He didn't care. He just wanted to screw with everybody. And clearly, it worked really well. Because he freaked a lot of people out. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it freaked me out. Was hilarious. Like, it, yeah, it, it was a great, it was a great little thing they did. And, I, and I, look, I'm not one for obviously the showmanship of you know little things like that, but I, I honestly think it was great because I really had no, no no idea it was him. Right, and it's funny too because he said that he couldn't believe that nobody like tried to like beat him up or like you know get him off the like punch him or knock him down because he said. Joe Kelly said, quote, if I was throwing a bullpen and somebody started throwing a ball at me from the media, I'd be cussing them out. They thought I was a regular person. They were just taking it because he was like, he was throwing stuff out. Like, he was totally screwed. Yeah, he was them. like really screwed with them. Yeah, it wasn't just like an old yeah. guy like, oh, what do you think on the field? Like he was he was throwing stuff. He was having a good time. And he, he was trying to like piss them off. Yeah, I think because I was waiting for him. I expected this kind of thing to be like, hey, what are you doing on the field? And like end up like getting like a, on a shoving match with the guy. And then eventually like his mask falls off. And then it's just Joe Kelly there with like a mold gloves on. <laughs> That's what I expected. Yeah. Oh, Joe. Oh, my bad. All right. What are you doing? Um, Yeah. yeah. So, look, it's spring training. I love it, and I think stories like this make for um, for basically entertainment through spring training and the monotonous of who's going to catch for the AAA team and who's going to do all this. And it's just a nice way to like break it up when your guys aren't all playing. So, um, spring training's in full effect, and of course, basketball season is here as well. And that. Me and your favorite hardwood heroes have returned to action after the All-Star break, and it's time for you to put your fantasy knowledge, of course, to the test and win huge cash prizes every night playing one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings.com. At DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your friends. They even got beginner and casual contests. So don't forget, if you haven't played before, now you actually get matched up against some similar skill-level people as well. And the best part, you get to draft a new team every day, which we all know is the best part about fantasy, except for that, winning the cash. Of course, and just ask Dan from St. Louis or Jeremy from Austin. They both turned a $3 entry into 1000 bucks. You get huge cash prizes and bragging rights awaiting now at DraftKings.com. Use our code now, CLNS, at DraftKings.com to play free with your first deposit for your share of $10,000 in total prizes tonight. Do not wait. Again, use our code CLNS at DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup, and you can seriously cash in tonight only at DraftKings.com. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Of course, check out DraftKings.com for details. Now, guys, we're doing this. We're in full swing. We love it. Uh, we're excited for, for regular season, and um, we're looking forward to a uh, phenomenal, phenomenal season, hopefully, for the Red Sox. Don't forget, uh, on Twitter, at CLNS Media is the network. CLNS Media Facebook as well. Uh, so definitely search there for all the other content that's going on. The new at Red Sox CLNS rebranded Twitter handle for all the roundtables, this Red Sox beat podcast, as well as uh, the news feeds once the season gets up and running as well. Uh, when stuff happens more often than not, we'll get those back up and running, all coming off one Twitter handle, at Red Sox CLNS. And, of course, the written coverage at clnsmedia.com as well. For Lauren Campbell, Jess Thomas, I am Jared Scali. We'll be back next week for another hopeful Joe Kelly sighting in an old man costume. Who knows? Uh, this has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media. We'll, uh, we'll touch base next week.